Welcome to Entrepreneur Decoded, the show where you'll find real conversations with today's most successful entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from unforgettable personal stories to exact strategies they use on a daily basis. Here's your host, Simon Sander. Hello, this is Simon, and you are listening to Entrepreneur Decoded. If this is the first time you're ever tuning in to Entrepreneur Decoded podcast, I salute you. If you're an avid listener, welcome back. Today's featured guest is Alyssa Dare Nelson. Welcome. Thank you. It's it's really exciting to be here, Simon. I, I can't wait for this this conversation. It's going to be rich. Yes, it will. Once again, thank you so much for joining me. Alyssa is a certified strength strategy coach who loves working with married business partners. Her clients achieve their business goals while enriching their relationships through understanding, embracing, and applying each person's unique strengths. Alyssa, tell us how you got to where you are. Yeah, so I, uh, I, I have a sort of a different background. I wasn't always an entrepreneur. Some people kind of are born entrepreneurs, and that was not my situation. I, I grew up. I got my first degree in dietetics um, and became a clinical dietitian, and then went back and got a second healthcare degree in nursing, and worked as a registered nurse, uh, you know, bedside nurse, and and I loved healthcare, but. Uh, um, you know, it, there was just something missing, and he went through a, a traumatic experience in a, as a in, in a divorce, and realized that I needed a plan B, and so I started a, a side hustle because I thought, what happens if something ever happens to my my nursing job? Um, and you know, as stable as even something like nursing can be, you're still not in control. And I think you know that's why I love entrepreneurship is that it, it might be a rocky roller coaster, but I'm still in control of my destiny. And, uh, you know, from that little side hustle, I I fell in love with entrepreneurship and I fell in love with the business mindset. And, you know, a lot of us in, in business, we tackle self-development because you have to become a better version of yourself in order to succeed in business. And so through that process, I realized that that really the reason I was put on this earth was to become a business coach, and uh, so here I here I sit as a as a business coach, business success coach. Years later, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes uh, one doesn't have to quit their job. You can always pursue a side hustle. What was your side hustle, Alyssa? Uh, it was actually a direct sales cosmetic company um, that I that I joined, and I, it was great because I didn't know anything about business. And what's great about network marketing, direct sales, is they sort of give you a formula. Um, and, you know, from from there, I, I realized that that formula didn't work for me. <laughs> it wasn't it never the does. right it, it never does. No, no. And that's, it, you know, and that kind of falls into in line with my the way that I, I run my coaching practice now is it's really not about the formula. It's about the formula tweaked for you um, because someone else's formula will never work for you exactly how they've designed it. So your direct sales gig, was it door-to-door -door selling or cold calling? What was it like? Yeah, well, they always encourage you to start out with your family and friends, right? <laughs> um, and uh, and that was incredibly uncomfortable. Frustrating. Yeah. yeah. It's so uncomfortable. You know, it's so, like I can just, I can feel it in my bones right now. So uncomfortable. And so I needed to figure out, well, how else do you do you 
you know, launch a business. Like people do this all the time. And I didn't want to use my Facebook to, you know, harass my friends and family. Um, and, and so I, I decided to reach out in doing, you know, local networking and some of those things. And that was much better because then people could, could see me as a business person, not as a friend they're doing a favor, uh, for. And, you know, you know, certainly even in traditional businesses, uh, very often your first clients and customers are your friends because, because they already know and trust you. Right. But, but that's, um, but that's only if they need your service as well. So, uh, you know, that was one of the things I was very uncomfortable with. Uh, another thing I was really uncomfortable with is, is asking for referrals the first time I ever met, you know, X, Y, or Z person. And I thought, you know, well, I'm just uncomfortable because it's outside my comfort zone. My first big entrepreneurial aha was was this. And it was, you know, it's not that it's outside my comfort zone. That's not the reason it's uncomfortable. It's outside my integrity. And recognizing the difference between those two things was a huge breakthrough. Lisa, what was the reason for you to go into direct sales uh, doing this cosmetic side hustle instead of kind of starting your own thing right away? Yeah, well, part of it was I didn't know what I wanted to do, I, and I didn't know that I that I had really any marketable skills, um, which is not true, uh, but that's just how I felt. And you know, I'd just become a single mom. Um, you know, it, it felt to me like, well, it's a consumable product, so so people will the chances for recurring income were possible. Um, it's been around for a while, so that felt like it, it made sense to me. Um, but you know, and and to have somebody who's whose path I could follow was also comforting. Um, so I, I do think that that direct sales and network marketing has has a place in that it helps people who have never been exposed to business before understand some of the ins and outs. It helps you to fail fast, right? Um, so for that reason, I'm I'm really grateful for that experience. Alisa, it's pretty unbelievable. I get uh, hundreds of emails every week from uh, people who uh, know me, people who don't know me, and they want to sell me all kinds of crap. Um, I just had a conversation with a high school friend who tried to sell me some kind of weird cosmetic product and invest 10 grand into it. Uh, did you feel that it has kind of bad reputation or stigma around it, direct sales? Yeah, yeah, and that was part of what I... I found myself trying to overcome is I'm not like the rest, right? <laughs> like, I, and uh, you know, the problem is, is that because it does have a bad reputation, if you're involved in direct sales or network marketing, that is one of the things that comes along with it is having to overcome the, if you give me your telephone number, the, the risk is that I'm going to call you forever and ever because it's happened over and over and over again to people and they've gotten burned. So um, that was part of my my overcoming is really helping people see, look, I this is the name of my business, but I'm not going to treat you like the, the last person treated you. Were you able to make a living full time? And tell me what made you finally give it up? Yeah, well, I, I was. You know, I wasn't making a, a great living, right? The the living that you make is really based around recruiting, right? And part of part of staying in line with my with my integrity was I wouldn't. Yeah, and I'm a great saleswoman. Like I can sell to the best of of anybody. You know, I can sell, as they say, a ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves, right? 
but but if that's because I'm honest, that's part of the reason that I can do that. Um, but you know, these women would sit down in front of me for these we, these sharing appointments we called them, and they would pour out their hearts and their dreams and and their hopes. And how dishonoring to that vulnerability would it have been for me to go, oh, you wanna you wanna be a, a chef in a restaurant someday? Well, here, why don't you start a makeup business? Like like how dishonoring to that person. So I, while I could have recruited that person, I I chose not to. And so um, I was making most of my profit on product sales. Um, And in network marketing, you can't make a great living on product sales alone. You have to make it on the, on the recruiting. And I wasn't willing to recruit the nine out of 10, which is their statistic, people that won't do anything with their business or it doesn't serve them. So, um, that's when I really decided, you know, I need to make a break from, from this and, and create something all on my own that, that, uh, I can control that, that falls in line with my integrity, that falls in line with my skills and my, um, my values, uh, directly. I think you mentioned something really important, uh, importance of trust. Uh, Nobody buys your product or your service uh, just because it's a great product or it has awesome features. They buy it because they trust you. Um, When you were doing uh, direct sales and selling those cosmetics, uh, what were some of the biggest lessons you learned besides trust when it comes to selling? Because we have a lot of people listening right now who might offer services or products online or offline and it's always challenging, at least for me, to go for that pitch. It always requires extra effort. Yeah. Um, you know, part of that trust is built in um, a like a, a, a no pressure sales. Um, and even now, to me, that's a big red flag when someone doesn't want to let me go home and think about it, right? Um, whatever purchase that might be, it has to happen right then. And I think what kind, you know, are you, are you nervous that I'm going to realize that this isn't a good value? Because if you're confident there's a great value here, you'd let me go because I would come back to you. Um, and so for me, there was always, it wasn't about selling um, any amount of product to a person. It was, you know, especially in the cosmetics field, what makes you feel beautiful? If it's a ton of makeup and it's all of this other stuff, fine, let's do that. But if it's something just as simple as I just want a little mascara, wonderful. Um, obviously, that the the larger sales made me more money, but the smaller sales created the trust. And I knew that that was so much more important. Uh, especially for the long run than than that immediate sale because I didn't want a one-time sale. I wanted to build a relationship with these women. Going for that sale has always been quite challenging for me. I don't know if it's because I'm introverted or it just isn't my personality, but it's always quite challenging for me. It takes me extra steps and effort. Something I learned uh, when it comes to selling products or services is you don't have to force them to buy anything. Just make your pitch and shut up. That's the best way to go for the sale. You don't want to force anyone to buy your stuff. Uh, and it's quite crazy how, how often salespeople try to convince you that their product is the best one, amazing features, best guarantee. But you don't need to do that part. Just go for the pitch and shut up and let the other person ask the questions. 
I really appreciate you sharing ins and outs of your background. And I want to switch gears a bit and talk about your business, Dare to Succeed. Tell me what is it and what do you do? So that is my business, uh, my business coaching practice, Dare, uh, Dare Success Coaching. So the, the website, like you said, is dare2succeed.com. Um, I also do a, a podcast and, and you know, I'm an author now as well. So all of these things, but primarily my, my bread and butter services are, are strengths coaching. Coaching and when I when I'm talking about strengths, I'm not talking about building muscle. Uh, it's the strengths finder profile and how to actually apply it. You know, and 16 million people now have taken this strengths finder profile. And if you haven't, uh, go take it. Now I can give you a I can give you a site to go to. I don't make a commission from those those code sales or from the from the profile sales itself, but the value in the application of that profile is so key. And while 16 million people people have taken it, there are very few that know just how transformative and life-changing it can be. When you do that quiz, do you get a list of five strengths or or is it is it more? And what are your five strengths, Alyssa? Yep. So most people just unlock their top five. Um, that's a $15 profile. So it's super inexpensive. And, you, and so, yeah, so most people just do their top five. My top five are futuristic. So I like to really think not just a little bit in the future, but like, you know, I, I sometimes daydream about becoming a grandma. Like it's way in the future. Um, uh, woo. Woo is my second one, and that's not like woo woo. It's it's uh, it's it's an acronym that stands woo for girl, winning, right? <laughs> right? Exactly for winning others over, and and so that is all about that personal connection, which is why. Um, I, when I was sitting down with these women, that they would be willing to be vulnerable with me because I was able to make that, that immediate connection with them. And that is, it, it really is a, a gift. It's a talent. Um, positivity is my number three. And activator is my number four. Activator is all about getting in motion, getting, getting going. So I, I love to jump out of the gate and, and get involved with the projects. And my number five is one called strategic, which is really all about, you know, making really good snap decisions, uh, learning to trust your gut, etc. So those are my top five. When you work with some of the most well-known CEOs and industry leaders one-on-one, um, -on -one, uh, what do you have them do? Is it strength finder profile or is there something else? Yeah, so uh, right out of the gate, I do have them take their strengths finder profile so that they can begin to see what's right with them. Uh, my clients come to me to figure out what's wrong with them. <laughs> and why they're not succeeding the way that they think they should be, et cetera. And this is a really good way to do that very first reframe, which is, okay, let's flip this on its head. And rather than focusing on all the negative, because what you focus on, you'll get more of, um, that we flip it over right away and go, let's look at what's right here. And uh, there's so much insight to, oh, well, that's why I function this way. This is why I think this way, um, that it really does uh, even even that first session um, helps people really start to get unstuck. Um, and that's primarily the, when people come to me, when, when they're ready for my services, it's because they are frustrated and stuck. So I'm at your website right now and you have so many positive reviews. Uh, that's something that stood out to me right away. Uh, I want to go back a bit when you didn't have that many clients you're working with. Uh, who was your first client and what was that story? Yeah, so my very first client, I actually uh, sold uh, 
in a bar uh, as I was telling him about my about my business launch and this conversation I was having with him it was literally the day before I was officially launching my business I did not even have business cards yet and so I was explaining to him where you know the skills that I developed over over time and how I'd how I'd given how I'd done my own education uh, what conference I had gone to and all of those kinds of things he's like huh yeah, I need that. I need that a lot. And I was like, great, well, let's just let's just meet up. And I remember I was on the phone with my coach sitting in the parking lot before I went in for this strategy session to figure out, am I a good fit? Can I help him? And, and is he a good fit for me? And I was terrified because I was like, I, I, I think I know. He goes, you know what you're doing. You do have the skill. And he really had to kind of have my back there and just be that extra affirming, affirming uh, person for me. And thank God I had a coach then to, to help me with that. And I walked into that appointment and walked out with a new client. And it was the most amazing experience uh, really ever because it was my own. It wasn't me selling somebody else's product. It was me selling my service. Um, and it was so rewarding. That's a cool story. Did the person who hired you first knew that they were your first client? Yes. Yeah, he did. Um, and you know, interesting, right? Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting. I had I had met this gentleman once before, um, but that was that was really it. Um, and he knew me through another friend who had spoken highly of me and my integrity and my personality and all of that all of that other stuff. But that was all based off of my old business, you know. So he was able to to bring that trust forward. Uh, basically, that transfer of trust. That's why testimonials are so powerful because it literally truly is a transfer of trust from that person who's speaking about you to the person who's reading that review or reading that testimonial. Um, so he knew I was brand new and he knew that I would be probably fumbling through some of the things, but that I had resources in my coach uh, to bring forward. And so he knew that I had also support. Did you start meeting up with, uh, with your client once a week, uh, twice a month? Uh, was it over Skype in real life? What was it like and what kind of value were you able to provide? Yeah, so so I started my first almost two years of my business really very local. Um, so almost all of my clients I met in person. That has now transitioned uh, to meeting by video conference. And what's interesting, I just got done with my taxes <laughs> for 2016. And my mileage literally cut in half from the previous year uh, because I am doing so much more online. And it saves everybody time and energy. Um, I love to, to see people's eyeballs, the whites of their eyes when... And we're coaching together because there's so much nonverbal, um, but you can get that in video conference, and um, and so I've I've really transitioned to that. But most of my clients I was meeting in person. So this very first client we met once a week. Um, and then, uh, you know, when he would go on vacation or, or that kind of thing, then I would, then we'd go a little bit longer between, um, I have since now gone, I, I typically see my clients every other week, uh, with contact in between. Um, and that's, so they really have the time to work on some of the things that we, that we vet out during those coaching sessions. Let's talk about pricing. How much do you use to charge back then? And what do you charge today? Yeah. So for, for that, my very, first client, uh, what did I charge him? It was, it was $3,200 for eight sessions is what I charged him. And I, I mean, other than, you know, 
trying to figure out some little bit about it was really kind of pulled out of thin air if I'm really honest I've now gone back and and done a lot of work about how much time am I spending outside of client sessions what is my time now worth what is my expertise now worth and so what I do now is I do six months and it's 5k so, which is still of extremely reasonable price for a coach. Um, now, if they if they go if if they push me off, right? Because part of that is is accountability. If they push me off and we meet only once in that month, uh, okay. But remember, like you can get uh, you can get the most value if we meet every other week. So, they could meet with me up to thirteen times in that six months, but almost inevitably there's a, you know, a span of three weeks here and there. Um, and, and for me that that's what works really well. And the reason for that six months is that I, and this is where all of the business consultants and coaches that are, that are listening may cringe a little bit, but I don't believe in lifelong coaching from the same person. I do believe in lifelong learning. I do believe in lifelong coaching, but different stages and, um, and, and times in your life, you're going to need different things from different people. And so my goal is for my clients to outgrow what I can do for them. And, um, and so that's that's why I choose to do it that way. Plus, you know, my activator, I love fresh and new. Um, so I want to make sure that we are constantly moving forward. And I think that there is, and I've seen this with people, when it's just a month to month to month to month, never ending, you lose sight and you lose the uh, ambition in the coaching relationship. I guess it's uh, nice having uh, someone completely new holding you accountable. Uh, otherwise, you'll get used to the person. Uh, you don't really feel like you have to push yourself. And uh, I'm kind of reminded of my social media agency days when uh, my clients would change the agencies uh, after f four, five, six months always. And for the exact same reason, because they don't want to get soft. They want to see what else is out there. Maybe someone else has a better price or maybe someone else... Uh, is doing uh, fascinating things and it's interesting concept. Tell me, after you got that first client and uh, now two years later you've worked with probably hundreds of people, uh, what has been the number one strategy for acquiring new clients? Is it referrals, your podcast, your blog? What What is it? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. This last year has been a big transition. I, I started the podcast, my podcast about a year ago and building my platform there so that I can get a broader reach because my my concern was look I've got this great local reach but you know there's people all across the country all across the world that really need what I have to offer and I'm not reaching them so that's why I started the podcast and then um, in September I was like you know what I need to write a book so that's where from frustrated to freaking awesome came from was was I want to make sure that people for a very low price can get the value of what I have to offer. And so now I've got these two fantastic platforms and I've been able to have the opportunity to be on the news a couple of times and, you know, to get out and do some book signings and, and that kind of thing so that I'm getting that, that larger reach. So now I have this larger um, online platform, but for the first year and a half, I got my business, I gained my business 100% in person-to-person -person networking. Um, and there's somebody listening right now that's like, ugh, because it's exhausting. 
it's exhausting um, having to restate, but there's value in it. And, and you know, I, we talked a little bit about this before we started recording, Simon, in that in every opportunity, in every stage of the game, there is value to it. So by networking person to person four or five days a week out at different events, I had an opportunity to restate and restate and restate that value proposition, that elevator pitch, as it were, and refine that. So I could really see what are people looking for? What is resonating with with business owners out there? And so uh, while that's not something I want to do four or five days a week now, um, it lear- I learned so much from it. So now it's lead pages and I've just started Facebook advertising, which is really exciting um, and, and really shifting from local to online. And uh, it's, a, it's a big transition. Alyssa, I really appreciate you sharing the ins and outs of your business. If anyone wants to buy her book, head over to Amazon and type in from frustrated to freaking awesome. Four steps to achieve the success you're wired for or just go with entrepreneur decode it and you'll find it in the show notes i want to switch gears a bit and come to present day and talk about you personally what do you do daily to be successful um let's start with the morning routine do you have a strict morning routine Alyssa? yeah i you know so strict is is a is a is a sharp word right so i am not strict because you should stop using that you're right that is a strict <laughs> yeah that is a bad word well the reason is is that i and and it took me years to figure this out is is that while i love structure and i thrive in structure um rigid structure I, I I buck up against just naturally. And so I am a huge fan of The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. And um, so if you haven't checked out Hal's book, uh, go check out The Miracle Morning. Um, it's an entire book series now. So, you know, if you're a real estate agent, they have it for real estate agents, et cetera. Like it's, it's a fantastic series. But it's, it's, you know, Hal really tried to figure out what are the six things or what are the things that, that, as successful entrepreneurs do. And he came up with these same six things. So um, I, I do meditate. Um, there are days where I miss it and and I can tell because I'm not as sort of calm and focused and clear. Um, but uh, about 10 minutes of, of meditation, so I don't do a long time that. Um, I, I do some sort of activity or exercise in the morning. I'm not, I used to be an athlete and I, I wish I could say I am still, but you know, even if it's two minutes of jumping jacks, uh, some amount of physical activity to get my blood flowing because that blood also goes to your brain, you know, it helps you wake you up. Um, so, and, and affirmations, you know, you've got so much negative self-talk that we have to actively counteract that. So uh, positive affirmations, I think are really important. They're certainly important important uh, for me and my positivity um, and visualization. You know, where am I going? What do I want to do? Where, you know, what does the future look like? And of course, I love that with my my future thinking strength. Um, and then, you know, do a little bit of reading. Sometimes uh, that reading is on an audio book. Um, but while I'm putting my makeup on in the morning or, or what have you, that's uh, oftentimes what I will be doing there. And then a little bit of journaling. And I, I, that's an area I would like to actually 
strengthen is journaling because I think that it is really valuable. Most of my journaling is really, uh, okay, planning out my day. What am I going to do today? What does this look like? Um, and so that's, that's how I start my day. And like I said, there's days where I miss certain components of that. Uh, there's days where, you know, certainly I get up a little bit later than other days, but, um, that is what I'm committed to in the morning. Do you try to do it every day or just the weekdays? Uh, I try to do it actually every single day. My my Saturdays and Sundays start start slower. Uh, I try not to set an alarm on the Saturdays and Sundays. So if I do need to catch up on an hour of sleep or so, uh, you know that I allow myself space to do that. Because um, that that's another another thing that I uh, is is it, let's put it as a part of my morning routine. But adequate sleep. Um, You know, I used to short myself on sleep all the time and us entrepreneurs, we do it all the time because we think, oh, well, I can get one more hour of productivity there. Um, but the fact of the matter is that sleep is a, a requirement for us to function well. So for efficiency's sake, I always make sure I get seven and a half hours of sleep at least. I guess that's the definition of an entrepreneur. You don't need an alarm clock. No, that's that's the ideal, right? That's the beauty of it, though. <laughs> that's right. I still have children, so I still need my mm -hmm. alarm clock. Okay. <laughs> But that's something uh, a lot of people cannot do, just to wake up whenever they want to. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's what we're, that's why we're in that's why we're in entrepreneurship is so that we can have that freedom. Um, and, and yet, sometimes we we are so hard on ourselves, we put so much pressure on ourselves, and we and we get so busy working in our business that we forget to work on our business. We forget the the global aspect um, uh, of, of our business, and we kind of miss the forest for the trees. Um, but You know, it's easy to get busy just doing stuff and not working on what's really important. And I think that's when we really begin to lose sleep. So during the day, um, if you had to pick one habit, uh, one behavior that you pursue day in and day out that really contributes to your success, uh, which one would you pick? Yeah, well, I actually just started with uh, John Lee Dumas's um Uh, the Freedom master, Journal the, or Master the Mastery Journal, right? Um, and so I'm I'm working on that. It hasn't become a habit for me quite yet, but it's an amazing journal. Um, so and it, and it really gauges, you know, these you know worked work spaces. And I I'm a big fan of the Pomodoro method for working, where you work for a, a set specific amount of time focused and then take a break. Allow yourself the break so you're not just nose down in your keyboard or in your work for hours and hours where you're not really being productive anymore. Um, so John encourages a 42-minute Pomodoro with an 18-minute break. I do Pomodoros in 25 minutes with a five-minute break in between. And then after I've done a series of four, then I'll take a longer break. Um, but that allows me that, allows me that focused time. Um, and that's time where I turn off The notifications and you know stay off of Facebook and don't get distracted in those areas and that's the, that's when I'm the most productive um, and you know as with as with any human being there are days where where I get get stuck replying on Facebook or something like that and all of a sudden I realize it's you know an hour and 12 minutes later and I'm still sitting on Facebook um, But, uh, you know, then I give myself the little lecture of, would you really hire you? Would you really be paying yourself for, for this time right now? Or would you, right. you know, put someone in reprimand for for wasting your your time uh, sitting on social media? So Yeah, there is beauty in single task focusing. That's something I've uh, I've 
tried to learn and master lately over the past few years, but it's so hard to break my own habits. And uh, I've tried my best to use the Pomodoro technique, and I do it exactly the same way as you do, 25-minute work work time and then five minutes break. But sometimes still, like still years later, I find myself on Facebook or on some uh, stupid idiotic site where I just browse and uh, 35 minutes later I, I realize, yeah. oh, I just spent 35 minutes on being dumb. Alisa, it's been a pleasure having you in the show. Uh, it's been a great conversation. I think our audience has gotten a lot of value out of it. Um, if you could leave everyone listening right now one piece of guidance, one last piece of advice from you, what would that be? The the last piece of, of advice or guidance I would give uh, somebody who's listening is don't ever quit. Um, you know, you mentioned how, you know, you've spent years trying to really get that single focus work done. And, you know, our lives, our entrepreneurial lives, it's not a linear process. You know, we're going to, we're going to fail and we're going to fail sometimes on the same darn thing over and over again. But the key is to pivot, but don't ever quit. Um, because, you know, it is, you do get to learn something every single time. And, you know, my, my book is set up this way as well where it's a cyclical process. Um, the freaking awesome process that I, that I lay out in the book is every three months, you're going to reevaluate how'd you do and, you know, ask yourself a, lo- a long series of questions of, uh, to reflect and to really learn so that you can spiral up. And, you know, the, the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. And so sometimes making the same error over again can feel that way. But ultimately, each time you're, you're probably failing a little bit differently each time. So, you know, learn from that thing. Okay, maybe that thing wasn't the same thing that, that, that or, you know, didn't work. Um, but Thomas Edison tried 10,000 times to make a light bulb. It's not that he failed, uh, you know, the same way 10,000 times, but he never quit until he had that success. So go ahead and pivot, but don't ever quit. And certainly, don't ever quit on you. I love that. Let's end on this note. Lisa, thank you for coming in and sharing your expertise and knowledge with everybody. Thank you. It is my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Simon. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Decoded. For killer resources and free content, go to entrepreneurdecoded.com.